It's very hard to become a servant. To be a real servant is one that stands back and looks at his Savior. And when I get to do service for him, I do it because I love him. I don't do it because I want something from him, but I want to do it because what he's done for me as he brought me to his love and his grace and his mercy. Paul the Apostle was that type of person. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, it's good to have you with us today for our continuing focus on the life-shaping influence of God's love. Today, Raul will challenge you to evaluate whether your relationship with the Lord truly drives your decisions. You know, it's easy to get caught up in personal pursuits, but genuine devotion leads to selfless servanthood. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio, and later on we'll offer you a resource with more inspiration to walk in close communion with the Lord. But first, let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's message. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 tonight. We see here in chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians that the church of Corinth had a lot of carnal Christians. That is a problem today. A lot of carnal Christians. Paul talked to us about that. Remember in 1 Corinthians, he spoke about the natural men. He spoke about the carnal men. But he spoke also about the spiritual men. Corinth was known from the hundreds and thousands of people in Corinth. That the church had taken its path on carnality. Not spirituality. Today, you look at the church, not only this church, but other churches. And you sit in church services many times and you watch people's lives. Are they really transformed? Do they really believe in Christ? Are they reading their Bible? Are they praying? Do they really believe in sin? That sin not only hinders your life, but it grieves the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that is trying to work in your life and through your life. And that's something that we need to be aware of. They had a party spirit. What do we mean by that? Well, the party spirit was they wanted to be Christians and they wanted to be worldly at the same time. And they were saying, a party spirit says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Peter, I'm of Sean, I'm of Wade, I'm of Pastor Dale. Of all these party spirits, but who's really the one that not only saved them, but who was teaching? We should never have a party spirit. We should recognize that whether Peter, John, or Paul, or anybody, they're pastor teachers, and the Holy Spirit speaks through them, and they can come and teach here, or they can teach anywhere else. And they're not building themselves up. They're leading you to Jesus Christ. And Paul starts out his letter in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians. He says, Paul, which here we, he's establishing his authority. Now, when you write a letter, I write a letter, you don't say raw, and then you write out the letter. No, when I put my name, it's at the end of the letter. Among the apostles and among writing the epistles, they will always place their name at the beginning of the letter. 
And then he would tell you who he is. Paul, an apostle. An apostle is someone that is sent out with a message. I wrote this down here. The Greek says, to send away with a commission to do something. We are commissioned to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell people that he can save them. He can bless them. He can anoint them. But how many times as believers, we don't witness to people anymore? We don't really want to share our faith with anybody else? When Paul the Apostle, his name means little one. That's what his name means, little one. Paul never wanted to be a big shot. He always was not only humble, simple, but he always was not only the servant of the Lord, but as an apostle, he took that position of being a servant, serving people, and never wanted to be served, just like Jesus taught the disciples to do. To become an apostle, to become a servant of God, is by the will of God. What is God's will for your life? Or should I say, what do you want from God in your life? You know, I guess when you look at your own personal life, I wrote a couple things down here, that when you look at your own personal life, it is always good to be under the will of God, always. I want to make sure I am under his will. Lord, thy will be done. That's what I want. I want your will in my life. I don't want to have my personal will. Because that gets you in trouble. But the perfect will of God in my life is that he was going to save me. He was going to use me. And I wanted to hear the heartbeat of God in my life that as long as I would serve him, I didn't want to get ahead of him, but I wanted him to lead me and to guide me and to work in my life and through my life. And this is Paul the Apostle here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, his assistant. The name Timothy here, he means one who honors his God. That's his name. One who honors his God. You know, Paul included Timothy as a friend, as a son, and also as one of those that would take the gospel of Jesus Christ when he would be gone. Paul the Apostle was just an incredible person. He says again in verse 1, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in Achaia. Achaia is south of Macedonia in the Greek peninsula, when you go there. He says, Paul says here, to the church of God in Corinth, to all the saints who are in Achaia. Those that have been born again of the Holy Spirit, those that are set apart in the kingdom of God. And I want to ask you the question, which one are you tonight? Spiritual, carnal, or natural? You can only know that yourself. Verse 2. Grace to you and peace. Notice a topical salutation by Paul. He always says this. You have to have God's grace before you can have or experience the peace of God. You can't have peace without grace. Grace means unmerited favor. I don't deserve it. I'm not saved by works. I'm saved by the grace of God. All of us here. By the grace of God. And it's so awesome because when I receive the grace of God by repenting of my sins, 
then I begin to experience the peace of God in my life. And I can share that with you. I have the peace of God in my life. And Paul understood that here, the grace of God and the peace of God. He says, the grace to you and peace, shalom, and carries shalom from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is his name, Jehovah Shua. God is salvation. Lord is his title, the relationship we have with him. And then Christ is the Mashiach or the anointed one. Paul wanted them to experience God's sustaining grace and peace as tonight we want to do that the same way. We want to experience his peace and his grace in our lives. So when we leave here, we have experienced his grace and his love and mercies too. Then verse 3, he's going to speak now on the lesson of suffering. He says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. I love that. The word blessed here is praise. Praise it be. And what's really amazing to me when I was reading this, the Lord really kind of spoke to my heart in such a way as this. He says, Blessed be or praise be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of comfort. I need the comfort of God in my life. Thoughts of suffering. We can learn so many things in suffering. I don't know uh, how you've suffered in your lives. But I guess each one of us individually could stand up and we can begin to give our testimony how we individually have not only suffered, but how we've been comforted by the Lord because of his mercies. What he's done, what he's doing, what he wants to continue to do. And there's three things about the character of God. God is blessed. He is the father of mercies. And thirdly, he is the God of all comfort. Three things. Blessed, father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Verse 4. Who comforts us. Notice personal comfort given to us, you guys. Personal comfort. In all our tribulation. All our tribulation. The word here refers to crushing pressure of trouble. You ever feel like that? Like you're being crushed? Tribulation. Be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Are you in trouble tonight? The Lord wants to comfort you. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by who? By God. Again, the word here, comfort, according to the Greek, a comforter is one that is called beside the needy to help you in time of need. The Holy Spirit. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. You can also join Rawl on his YouTube channel Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk, a program with highlights to help you live a God-honoring life. Now back to more with Rawl. And then he says, verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Notice, identification with Christ in his sacrificial, redemptive work where on the cross of Jesus Christ. I love that. Philippians 121, 
for me to live is Christ, but to die is to gain. And then he says again, consolation also abounds through Jesus Christ. Notice, not in Christ, through Jesus Christ that consolation comes. Now, if we are afflicted, it is not for your consolation and salvation, which is affected by enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer, or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul, an example of others in suffering. Paul was referring to the body of Christ. Verse 7. And our hope for you is steadfast. Why? Because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. Isn't that awesome? Confidence in others. Some of the church at Corinth perhaps... The majority were suffering for righteousness as Paul not only saw them, but they saw the righteousness that Paul had in Christ Jesus. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. So he's speaking to who? To the Christians. He says, so our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strain, so that we despaired even of our lives. The reaction to self here. This had happened recently that Paul the Apostle in the city of Ephesus had gone through some problems of situations. In Acts chapter 19, he tells you about that. They tried to kill him. And Paul faced something that was beyond human survival here. It was extremely discouraging because he believed it would threaten not only him, but it threatened his life. And he wanted to make sure they understood that it wasn't just them going through things. But Paul the Apostle says, look, I almost lost my life. I almost lost my life. So it's nothing new that you're going through. We're all experiencing different things in our lives. Verse 9, yes. We had the sentence of death. You see? We had the sentence of death. Interesting, Paul the Apostle just blows me away. The word here is a technical term to indicate the passing on official resolution of death sentence. Yes, we all had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. I love that. Paul had reached the point where only way out was his trust in Jesus Christ. To know and to recognize, Paul says, that if you're a Christian and you're going to die, hey, don't get bummed out. You have eternal life. That's why Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is to gain. I can hardly wait till I believe it or not. I look forward to it. Every single day we can be in the presence of the Lord just like that. Just like that. And we have to be ready. I love the way Paul writes his epistle. It's all about suffering. It's about trials. He's always, always there with us. And Paul never, ever complained. He learned to trust in the Lord. He goes on, verse 10. Who deliver us from so great a death. Notice that. His faithful deliverer. He says, who deliver us from a great death and thus deliver us in whom we trust that he still delivers us. Notice that. Verse 11. You also helping together in prayer for us. 
Notice, pray for me, I'll pray for you. That thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. The gift that is granted to us through many in accessory prayer is very crucial to the expression of God's power and sovereign purpose in my life. Paul wanted them to know that he needed the prayer of the saints. You guys pray for me daily. Not only now, but in the future, keep praying for me. And then he says, verse 12, Paul's sincerity here, we see his integrity. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity, in godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God. And more abundantly toward you. So first of all here, we see in this opening section, the apostle here, the Paul speaks of three things. His change of plans, number one. Secondly, his charge concerning the offended. And thirdly, his confidence in the offender to do what is right as a child of God. The word sincerity here. In the Greek, it means without wax, without wax. We need to live a life of sincerity. No fancy clothes, no fancy cars, no homes that are fancy. But there has to be moderation. You've got to know your limits. If you don't know your limits, then God's going to have to knock on your door and say, Okay, I'm going to have to teach you how to listen to my voice. Verse 13. For we are not writing any other thing to you than that what you read or understand. Now I trust you will understand even till the end. So here's the consistency. He's talking about the charge that Paul's expression in writing and actual behavior did not match. You know, when, when you looked at their lives, carnality, spirituality, it didn't match. And then Paul wrote only what his readers called to understand clearly. He wanted to write to make sure what he was saying would not be confused or changed. This is what I mean when I write. And then verse 14. As also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast as you also are ours. In the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's assuring the Corinthians that he would boast about them in the future, especially of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. And in this confidence, Paul says, I intend to come to you before that you might have a second benefit. Paul's initial itinerary here, he intended to come immediately from Ephesus to Corinth because he loved the saints there. He loved the Ephesians He loved the Corinthians. He loved the Philippians. He loved almost every person that he knew, every person where he went and he met, every child of God he loved. And we should love people. Verse 16. So pass by of you, Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and to be helped by you on my way to Judea. Therefore, because of all this I just told you, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me, there should be yes, yes, and no, no. Paul here, 
averse the sincerity of his purposes. Why he tells him what he tells him and who he is as a child of God. Because God is faithful. Notice, we're not faithful. God is faithful. Our word to you was not yes or no. Paul is telling them that he was sincere with his word. I didn't change anything. I didn't secondhand it. What I wrote to you, hey, it was directly from my heart. This is what God gave me in my heart. Verse 19, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, and me, Salvanius, and Timothy, was not yes or no, but in him was yes. Notice that. To those who truly knew the Lord as Savior in Corinth, had experienced the reality of saving faith. That's what Paul's talking about here. God keeps his promises, his peace, his mercy, his love, his grace. He uses you. He uses me. For all the promises of God in him are yes. In him, so be it, or amen, to the glory of God through us. So all the promises that he makes to us are fulfilled. Why? Because he keeps his word. He keeps his word. Do you keep your word when you make a promise? And now he who establishes us with you in Christ, notice, has anointed us is God. The work of the Holy Spirit in my life, in your life, that without him, we can do nothing. Verse 22 who also has sealed us, remember? He sealed us with the Holy Spirit. And has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a what? As a guarantee of our salvation. The guarantee, I'm saved. The Lord touched my life. I accepted Him by faith. And it's so awesome to know that one day, because of the salvation that I've received by faith, that one day I'm going to stand in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand before Him and thank Him. Lord, thank You for saving me. Well, we hope today's message has inspired you to live out your faith with wholehearted devotion. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' teaching from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter resource that will lift your spirit with biblical assurances of the Lord's desire and ability to forgive your sins, heal your heart, provide for your needs, and protect you in adversity. As you ground yourself in these truths, you'll see how your life can be defined and directed by the astounding goodness of God. So visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' book titled Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That phone number once again is 800-634-9165. If you'd like to order by sending a check, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We're committed to coming alongside you to fill you up with the Bible's wisdom and hope. 
Your feedback on how we can better serve you is always welcome. You can also connect with us to explore our wide range of free resources. Our app is easy to download. In addition to an archived library of Rawls' teaching, you'll find digital Bible studies, a scripture reading plan, and a link to our online store. If you've missed any of these programs or would like to listen to one again, every one of them is available to download as a podcast using Spotify or iTunes. And you'll also want to visit our website to subscribe to Rawls' free daily devotional emails. It's your tax-deductible gifts that are keeping us on the air, and we appreciate your generous partnership. Be sure to join us next time as we continue this series with a look at the flawed people in Jesus' family line. You'll find a wonderful reassurance that God can work in and through your life to accomplish His perfect will in spite of your weakness and sin. Here's Roll now to close out today's broadcast. Then he says, verse 23, Moreover, I call God as a witness against my soul, that to spare you I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over our faith or your faith. We're not lording over your faith. But our fellow workers for you, notice, with your joy, for by faith you stand, and by faith tonight here we stand. He didn't want to have dominion over people. He didn't want to lord over people. We should not do that over people's lives. That we stand by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ. The authority comes from Jesus Christ. And because His authority is the only authority that I stand by, then I can thank Him for not only touching my life, but that He continues to be my authority until the day that He comes. That I can continue to stand not only with joy, but to stand by faith. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.